Welcome to the Pacific Point Church Podcast, where we're learning to love and live like Jesus. During this half hour, we're praying that God will direct, encourage, and speak to you. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plans, visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Chris, come up. She's going to do our reading this morning. Um, I said, Chris, will you do the reading since I don't know how to read? Yeah. We had, uh, are you good? I'll give you that. How's everybody doing? It's good to see you. Glad you're here this morning. Okay, so this is uh, James. We're starting in chapter 4, verse 13, and we're going till chapter 5, verse, right before verse 5. So here we go. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have corroded and their corrosion will be evidenced against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasure in the last days. Behold the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, are crying out against you and the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you. For this book of James, Lord, the encouragement, the wisdom, Lord, that you've taken us through over the last uh, 13 weeks, Father God. I pray that you would speak this morning, Father God, that you would give us ears to hear what you would be saying this morning, Father God. But let us not just listen, God, let us be doers, as James says. When we leave this place, let that word sit in our soul, Father God. We thank you and we praise you for this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay, I need you to entertain them for... 10 seconds because i got to set up my prop. Absolutely. Da, 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 da. <laughs> no, um, Okay, 10, 10, 9, 8. Well, I see why he had me come up and read because that was pretty harsh. I love that his prayer was like, we thank you for the encouragement of your word and the harshness thereof. Okay. It's, yeah, that, yeah, it's that, that balance there. No, no, uh, you can, yeah, leave that oh, there. Lift. There you oh, go. Sorry. It's good to see you. Good to see you. Thank you so much. Have a good day. She's a fine woman. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't know. It's, it's been a crazy week. So I've, I've been fasting all week. So I'm a little off. I'm, I'm working on it, though. God is good. So uh, I'm excited that you're here. I'm excited to be here. Um, and yes. So all right, here we go. Let's jump in. We're we're in this, this series on James, and it's, it's been really good. And in the, in the overview, just real quick, what we're seeing is this, that, that James is saying there's godly wisdom over here, and there's worldly wisdom over here. And, 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 and what he's, he's trying to do is encourage the church and say, kind of get out of that worldly wisdom. Too many of us live in this place of worldly wisdom. And he's saying, church, wake up. Church, come on. I need you in this godly wisdom. And when you sit in this godly wisdom, you'll change the world. You'll change the world. 
But if you sit in that worldly wisdom, good luck. It would start with this verse in 13 through 14. He says this, come now you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? And in and, and, and this scripture, James is saying what all of us say, what all of us do. Hey, I'm going to set my schedule. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to plan for this next year, this next five years, this next 10 years, and I'm going to make this kind of money, and I'm going to live here, and I'm going to do this. And we have all these plans and all these things that we put together. And, and, but there's something that we're missing in the midst of that. Now, let me qualify this by saying a certain thing. Planning is good. Chaos, not so good. Planning is good. So put a plan together. But the problem that James addresses is this. When you rely on those plans, when your hope is in those plans, when everything you are builds into that moment, into those things, you're going to get into trouble. And he's, he's warning these, these people right here. He's talking about it right here, or, or right in the beginning. He's, he's, he's declaring to these businessmen that they'll take their money and they'll go do this and they'll go do that. And, and, and try to get certain things out of life. But life doesn't always work that way. Anybody agree with that? Has anybody set plans in the last week and they kind of just went right out the window? Crazy. But set plans. Just don't let your heart be grabbed by it so much that it just throws you into that tailspin. Then James does this. He asks a question in 13. He asks this question. He says, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. And then he says this, what is your life? He asks a pretty bold question. What is your life? When's the last time someone said, what is your life? What is it? And James just gets right in your face. He says, look, look, you don't know what tomorrow will bring. You don't know what tomorrow will hold. You don't know what's going to happen. And what is your life? And then he answers it. Like, he hits you right between the eyes, and then he comes over here, and he goes, I'm going to answer that for you, but, but here's what you, you've got to know about this scripture, and about this word, and about what James is saying. You can't just read it, and, and just not digest it, and, and kind of sit with it, and wrestle with it. That's why I say, this isn't church. Church is when you leave this building. That's why I say, when you take this, some of you need to take notes. Some of you need to take notes. You need to, we have notepads. You need to be taking notes and grab it and grasp it. And when you leave here, go back through it and look at it and get it again. Because James says here, for you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. He's talking about your life. He's talking about my life, our lives. He says, mist versus eternal. Now, I, I want to, I wanna, I've, got, I've got some props that I, I want to bring out here and, and talk about. Now, I don't know if you guys know this about me. I love to iron. <laughs> I am fully man. I am fully man, and I love to iron. Although now in, in you know, 2022, I do more steaming. <laughs> Just, so I, 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 brought, I brought my 6975 at, 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 at Kmart, and it's a heck of a buy. Do not miss out. I highly recommend. So every morning, if you know, let me, let me qualify a couple things. I've been meaning to find a place to say this. You guys probably look and go, does he have just one shirt? Has anybody ever thought that? 
Okay, I wear black, the same black shirt, not the same black shirt, but the same type of shirt every week, although this, I mix it up, I've got one with some buttons now. But, but here's the deal, all my shirts are black or dark blue, I can't tell the difference between the two, so I can just mix them together, not a problem. <laughs> Be assured that each week, I have a clean shirt, okay, thanks to this woman right here that washes them and takes care of them. But also, be assured of this, she's phenomenal at washing, not so good at unwrinkling. <laughs> not an ironer. I become an ironer. I love ironing. I love the car wash and I love the iron. It's just like all the stuff goes away. All the wrinkles go away. So I find this thing, this thing's unbelievable. Every morning, every morning to a T, unless it's my day off because then I don't care if I'm wrinkled, I have my, I have my, my hanger and, 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 and I just, it's just. This, this hot mist just straightens out my shirts and my Lululemons. I am fully man. I just want to make sure, make sure that's clear. But I, 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 I missed my clothes. And the wrinkles come out of them. It's unbelievable. Modern science is fantastic. How do they do it 300 years ago? They didn't. Here's, here's the other one. Let me give you. Uh, perspective is, is huge. So we talked about, he says, James says, your life is a mist. And the perspective is this. Is it a mist or is it eternal? Well, it's, it's, it's both. And it's, it's, it's that. So when you look at that mist that I just shot off, that is your life in this time. Now, what I need you to see is this. That uh, this represents... Eternity past and future. Okay, your mind can't comprehend this. See, the way God created us, we talked about this before, is he, he, he cre we're created beings. So we think in a, a time-space continuum. So for us to grasp 100 years, yeah, I can do that. To grasp 30 years, I can do that. To grasp 60 years, I can do that. But to, if you look at this, and it, it goes to the beginning of time or, or to the eternity, into time, and you go on this way, and you think this line goes to the beginning of time, which there is no beginning. It's always been. Time is this line. And, and this isn't even a fair representation, but, but I'm going I'm to put this here as, a, as a, a point of reference for your life in the midst of, of time. This, this will be... Uh, your life reference. This goes forever. And this is you. He, he, he literally, he, he says, it's, it's this mist. And, and within seconds, moments, it's gone. It's, it's literally over. It's no more. The most important question we can ask here is this. Wh which life are you living for right now? Are, are, are you living for this? Or are you living for eternity? The church in America today, I'm generalizing, not our church of course, is living for the moment. It's all about the mist. It's all about that time, that, that 30, 60 uh, if you're blessed, a hundred years, not the eternal. Everything that James is talking about in this book, everything that he writes about, everything that comes, is, is based on a man or a woman living into eternity. 
And when he writes about it, he says, you're living in eternity so that you will affect, that you will make a difference in the midst. He says we need to live eternally, not in the moment. I get it. There's a tension there. We live in the moment. But you can't live in the moment, James says. It's this. What is your life? It is a mist. Okay, if your life is a mist, James says in chapter 1, verse 1 through 4, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let that steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. He says, you know it's but a mist, so how come you can't be steadfast? How come, church, we can't stand up and take a stand and be the church that God's called us to be? It's just a moment in time. It's not eternity. What is your life? It's a mist. In chapter 1, verse 6, he says this, but let him ask in faith. Let him ask in faith with no doubting. He says, don't be double-minded. James says very clearly, look, this is an eternal thing. You're only here for a moment. Stop being double-minded. Stop changing your mind. Stand for what is true, what is righteous, what is good. And watch what God might do. What is your life? It's just a mist. In chapter 1, verse 19, he says this. Let every person be quick to hear. Slow to speak. You remember we talked about this. Slow to anger. For the anger of a man does not produce the righteousness of God. Why do we walk around so angry? I, 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 play, I play, as you guys know, hockey several times a week. And uh, I don't, it was a stressful week. I, I wasn't eating. I was a little angrier than usual. <laughs> I, wh why do you laugh? Why? <laughs> Tibby, they're laughing like I'm usually angry. They, it's, it's, so I'm, I'm playing, and I, 30, 40 minutes in, I broke a stick, I've yelled at a number of people and tried to start two fights. <laughs> to which my friend that I'm trying to start fights with looked at me, he came over to me in between and said, why, why do you want to fight? Do you really want to fight? It's just like we're having fun out here. I'm, and I, to which I yelled at him, I'm not having fun, okay? I want to fight. <laughs> <laughs> to which the guy that runs the thing said, hey, I think it's probably time for you to go. To which I have enough self-awareness to go, it's time to go, and I left the ice. And, and James says that life is it's just this mist. It goes by so fast, but we're walking around, and we're angry, and we're mean, and we've got all this stuff inside of us, and it just, your life dissipates. Is, is it really worth it? Is, it? is that moment worth it? In chapter 1, 22 through 24, our life is but a mist. And he says this, but be doers of the word. He says, don't just read this and not do it. How are you not kind? How are you not gracious? How do you not love your neighbor? How do you not love your wife? How do you not love your husband? He says, do be doers, not just hearers who walk away and, and deceive themselves. Church, this is to you and me. When we read this word, and we walk out these doors. We have to be different. Not because of our power, but the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. And gives me the power to change this place. To bring hope in this place. Not just hearers. Your life is a 
dismissed in chapter 214. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but doesn't have works? Can his faith save him? Can your faith save him? We talked about that. That's a tension here. Saved by grace through faith. There's nothing that no man should boast. Ephesians 2. It's not about... Uh, 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 about that saving grace at the moment that you come into relationship with Jesus is about the fact that Jesus changed me in such a way the moment that he came into my life. How can I be the same? How can I be the same fill in the blank? God's changed me. He's renewed me. He's made me who I am. The Bible says very clearly in 2 Corinthians, we talk, I'm a new creation in Christ. I don't have to walk in the old ways anymore. My life is just a mist. He says in 3.11, when talking about our lives being just a mist, he says, does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? And we talked about this. In, the, in your soulish realm, in your heart, what is coming forth to others? What are you speaking to others? What are you doing around others? What does your life look like to others? He says, your life is just a mist. In 318, he says, but wisdom from above is first pure, then it's peaceable, then it's, it's, it's gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, good fruits, and impartiality, impartial and sincere. He says, this is who God has called us to be. And, and we're so focused on the next dollar. We're so focused on the next job, so, so focused on the next house, the next car. And, and church, I, am, I know I'm generalizing, I'm, I'm painting with this broad brush because I know people in this church and I know that's not the heart of this church and I know that's not the heart of God, but, but I, I, I need a wake-up call. We need wake-up calls and James very clearly is, is, is saying, church, First pure, and it's peaceable. Look, if your home isn't peaceable right now, you need to look in the mirror. If, you're, if you're, your dating life isn't peaceable, you need to look in the mirror. If you don't walk in reason, if you're not full of God's mercy, and you have issues with being impartial, we're in a time in, in history that, that to be impartial is, is very, very difficult. And the only way that you will stay and be impartial is to be just deep in this word. The only way is this word, the word of God. The only way we make it. The only way we stand. James says, we're missed. In chapter 4, 7 through 8, he says this, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Look, the, the, the time on this life that we're given, I don't have tomorrow, I don't know about tomorrow. What I know is about today. What I knew about this morning was I was coming here to pray, and I was coming here to lead church, and I was coming here to be the pastor. Well, yeah, that's my job. But... I knew that I had to draw near to God because I knew it was also, it's a calling. And some of you will go to work tomorrow. Yes, that's your job. But you also have to know that there's a calling on your life. You have to know that there's, it's so much more than just going to work, that there are men and there are women there that need to hear and see the hope of Jesus. 
talk about my job that I, that I have. Um, God is just doing phenomenal things. So I, I, I'm on this week-long fast, and, and uh, the, the CEO and the, the president of my, the division that I work directly with, I uh, was just talking to him, just bragging to him about how I was going to do this. And come on, it's kind of funny, a little bit. I'm, I'm one of the most humble people you know, so I, I get that you didn't laugh, okay? So um, I, I was talking about it, and they both go, tell me more about this. And, and, and my CEO and the president of my division said, we're in. And, and I said, okay, but part of this fast is this. You, you fast, and we're not eating anything, but you got to pray every day. And, and they both are like, I'm in. And each day I'd go into the office and like, how you, we'd like, tell, how you doing? I'm good. How you doing? You know, we talked about our little cheats. Here's our little cheats. I went to dinner with my, my daughter for, for pizza for a birthday and I couldn't eat, but my, my glass hit the pizza and there was, there was tomato paste on the edge of my glass and I just went. <laughs> so I confessed my cheats. And, and, and the, the president said, my cheat was I drank a V8. And we had these conversations about Jesus. And, and, and this, 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 my president of the, uh, the, the division said, my wife keeps telling me, you know, we're talking about, she's, she's telling me I'm nicer. And I'm like, I don't understand how I'm nicer because I want food so bad, but I'm nicer. I wasn't nicer, but he was. Your ministry is in your hands as you submit yourself unto the Lord. The question is, what is your life? What is your life? It's a mist and it's eternal. We're so focused on this, this moment. I love the satisfaction of this moment in, 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 in doing my, my clothes and getting them. I love the satisfaction, but it goes away so quickly, and I can't conceive this eternal thing that lasts forever. What is my life? It's eternal. Eternally with the creator of heaven and earth. Eternally with and worshiping the one that created me. Or eternally separated from the creator of heaven and earth. What is your life for? It's a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. It's gone. It, it, I do so many funerals. Unfortunately, I've done so many funerals. And the number one thing that I hear from families is this. I don't want anybody to forget. I don't want people to forget my son, my daughter, my husband, my wife, my friend. It, it, it vanishes, and, and, and I will die someday in some three, one, ten years later. No one will have any idea, unless they get in the hockey records and see me. <laughs> then they might go, oh, yeah, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> no one will remember. No one will care. They don't care. It's over. It's eternal. It's eternal. And in verse 13, he says, Today or tomorrow, we will go into such a town and spend a year there. Hmm. One year. Can anybody believe it's November? It's blowing my mind. I, I was talking.
talking to Mark about this, and he's, he's wrestled and gone through this, as you know. He, he had brain cancer and healed, and his last appointment, he's healed and it's gone. But there's a dumb, and I want to cuss, dumb doctor. I get it. Doctors are doctors, and they're very pragmatic in this. But it, 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 there's a, another doctor of a friend who told my friend this, who has cancer, and I just talked to him this morning, said, you have one year to live. Mark and I talked. They told Mark, you got two years at best to live. And, and I go, Mark and I are talking. You remember the conversation? I'm, I'm like, Mark, how do they know? I don't even know if you have tomorrow. I don't know if I've got today. I could, you know, the way my wife drives, I could be gone this week. <laughs> and, and I was thinking about, you have a year to live. Shut up. You gotta be kidding me. You don't know. And as I was thinking those thoughts and going, man, this is crazy. He some guy in a coat, and I get it, I get it. He's learned and he's he's seen these things and he's been around people and averages and all that stuff. But I don't serve a God who's average. I serve a God who's eternal, that sees beginning to end. I serve a God who knows he's omniscient. I serve a God who's all-powerful. I serve a God who can heal. I serve a God who can take a life because he also gives life. One year? One year? So I started doing some, some searches on, on death. This is what I come No one holds tomorrow in their hand. This is what I came up with. Did you know approximately 450 people die each year falling out of bed? I'm going to live for a year. Boom, out of bed, dead. Are you kidding me? The doctor said a year. How about this one? This one kind of throws me a little bit. This is like a, a movie or something. Man killed by his own explosive. First of all, why does he have an explosive? While trying to steal from a condom dispenser. Was his intent to blow her and him up in a packed suicide? I don't know. But he dies this way. Number three, these are true. These are true because the internet told me. Um, number three, <laughs> this changes my whole Costa Rica trip right here. Approximately 150 people die each year being hit in the head by a coconut. <clears throat> Dear Lord. Number five, teenagers, this is for you. Beware when you're playing with your guns and looking at your phone, okay, taking selfies. You might not want to do that. Teenagers take, this guy takes a selfie, loaded a gun in his hand, and shot himself. Tragic. This, this isn't tragic. This is stupid. Man, man crushed moving a fridge free, freezer. He, you know, I don't know. He's going up there. Don't, don't sit between the, you know, something hard in the freezer when you're, you know, 170 pounds. You're doomed. Uh, 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 six. Undertaker crushed by his own coffin. That's ironic. The last one, this one cracks me up. I don't know what to do with it, Chris, sorry. I'm supposed to live for a year. Crushed by your partner. I rolled over in bed, <laughs> fell on top of her, smothered her, crushed her. There goes that year. <laughs> I can't say that. <laughs> I, I know it sounds absurd. You know why that sounds absurd? Because it's absolutely absurd for any of us to think, I've got a year. Only God knows. Only God knows. You better live with an eternal perspective. You better grab a hold of the moment of the day. 
verse 15, he, he tells us this. He says, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. God willing, God willing, then we will do. Godly wisdom, James says, if the Lord wills, worldly foolishness, tomorrow I will. Some of us in our minds said, tomorrow I will do this. Next week, next year, 10 years, 20 years, 100 years, and I'm all right with that. Build your, your plan, but sit at the throne of God and God, put your plans, put it at his feet and say, God, if you will. That's what James is talking about. See, godly wisdom, if the Lord will, forces us to be thankful. I take all that I am. I take all that I'm believing for. I take all that I plan for. I lay it at the foot of Jesus, and I say, thank you for these plans, God. Now they're yours. And I allow him to change accordingly. See, if the Lord wills, forces a place of dependence upon him. It forces you to his throne each and every day. You got a stressful day? You got a crazy day ahead? You got a, a nut? I go to the throne. I got if your will. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, knowing that he's going to be beaten, knowing that he's going to be scorned, knowing that a crown of thorns would be on his head and he'd stretch his arm and die for you and I. And he said, Father, if at all possible, may this cup pass before me, but not my will, your, be will, your will be done. It's at the throne room of God that I lay all my plans and all the things that are in me at the feet of God and say, your will be done. Your will be done. Some of us in here today need to take those plans, need to take those dreams, need to take those things inside of us and go to the throne room of God and lay them at his feet and say, thy will be done, not mine. And watch what God might do. Matthew 6, Jesus says this, give us this year our daily bread. Give me this day. Jesus is praying. Father, give me this day. Give me the day. Give me today. What is your life? What, what, is, what is your life? Are you living for this life? Are you living for this? Are you living for this mist? Is, is, is that the, the common? Is this where you're living right now? Because watch, it goes away, it's gone. In, I mean, whoa, you look in, 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 you look in the eternal perspective, it's, it's as, it goes away as quick as we see right now, this stuff going away, just as quickly. What, are you living for this life, or are you living for eternity? Are we living into eternity? What does living an eternal perspective look like? Luke 9, 23 says this. Said all, oh, if you would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. It, it, what does it living eternally look like? It looks like again going to the throne room of God and, and dying to my wants, dying to who I want to be, dying to all those things, and allowing God to resurrect it. The dreams that are in your soul, the dreams in your soul should be defined and directed by this word, not some whim, not some girl, not some guy, not some house, not some job, not any amount of money, but by the word of God, because this is true, those things aren't. And it's 
directed when I die and I sit at the cross and God goes, here you go. In Mark 16, how, 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 does, how does living an eternal life, what does it look like? He said to them, go into all the world proclaiming the gospel to whole creation. He says, go pro proclaim the gospel. He says, I don't care where you work. I don't care where you live. I don't care what you do. I don't care if you're a pastor or not a pastor. I don't care about any of those things. What I care about is that you proclaim the gospel. What's the gospel? The good news of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. The gospel's the good news that the hope of this world needs, that the hopeless world needs right now. They need the gospel of Christ Jesus that lives in you so that they might grab a hold of that hope. And it's only that that grabs a hold of them that changes their life. Because everything else is momentarily momentarily ish it's a moment Matthew 10 22 and you'll be uh, and you'll be hated by all of my name's sake but the one who endures to the end will be saved and, and I was thinking about that you'll be hated I'm like you'll be hated let's just be real Go tell someone or take a stand for life. You want to talk about hatred? You want to talk about hatred? I'm going to offend someone in here, and I, I, it's not my, uh, I, I, I'm, this is the word of God tells me. Someone's going to get ticked off in here, but they will hate you because you love life. You, you want to talk about Hatred, talk about, talk about fatherlessness. Talk about the importance of a dad in a home. You know why the enemy, the enemy hates the family. So, oh, I don't need a father in the home. I can, I can, I can raise the child. We don't, need, we don't need a nuclear. A nuclear family looks like this. It doesn't look like that. No, the nuclear family looks like a man, a woman, and God at the center. That's what it looks like, like it or not. A nuclear family looks like a, a child having a chance with a mom and dad. Therefore, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I understand that divorce happens. I understand that things happen in life and get difficult. Please hear me when I say this. But at the heart of who God is, it's right here. It's this, this family. They hated him. They'll hate you. And, and, and I, would, I would venture to say that, uh, this is, I'll probably get in trouble for this too, but that you need more people hating you. And if they aren't, you're probably not living in a strong, godly conviction. Because there's no way around it. This man right here, one of my good friends, who has given his life, Greg Tipton, has given his life to this ministry thing. You're out of your mind. You gave, I only gave, I've only given a certain amount of years. He gave, he's given his life, everything he has. And, and, and he's been through some stuff. And he's been on college campuses. And he's preached the gospel. And he's had people yell and scream at him. And he's had, and, and he just, he sees this eternal perspective. And what I know about this man, that I know about this man, that, that yeah, okay, he gets caught in the mist one time when we're having, you know, a cigar once in a while and a bourbon or whatever. We may get caught in that. But it's an eternal perspective that he has, that he sits in, that drives him to do what God has called him to do, to preach the gospel to those who don't know Jesus. It's who he is. 
is living with an eternal perspective. Thank you. James finishes in 5, 1 through 4, and he says, and he's contrasting, he said, you know, this, this eternal perspective and life is a mist and, and we're living for eternity, not that. And he says, but, but look, at, look at what these people are, are, are living for. And this is a mirror right now. As we read this, let it be a mirror and, 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 and examine yourselves. And he says, come now, you rich. And, and so we go, oh, I'm not rich. You know what? You're in the top 1% in the world. I don't care if, if you're, you're renting, you live in a two-bedroom house, an apartment, if you have a cell phone, if you have a car, if you have a TV, you're in the top 1% of the world. So we just redefined rich. Come now, you rich. Weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and your silver have corroded. And the corrosion will be evident against you and will eat your flesh like fire. Oh, gosh. Praise the Lord. You've laid your treasures up in the last days. Here's what James is saying. Oh, you fool. Oh, you fool. You've bought into the lie. You've bought into the lie that this matters, that this is it. Let me clarify, because it does matter, but this isn't it. The eternal, the eternal is what matters because I'm driving with Chris home. I just don't know. She's, a, she's an all right driver. I'm going to take some of that back. James is saying, church, wake up. Wake up. Live by the godly word that I've given you so that you might be hope, that Christ Jesus in you might be hope. Don't put all your eggs in this basket of 60 years, 30 years, 10 years, 100 years. Put it into eternal God. One lives in the moment in the mist, and one lives for others. This is in Jesus uttered a loud cry, and he breathed his last breath for you and for me, that I might have eternal life, Jesus died, that I might have eternity, Jesus died. He took the pain. He bore the beating so that you and I might have eternal life with the creator of heaven and earth. Oh, God, thank you. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Thank you. That's the life I want to live in. I want to live eternally. And when you confess Jesus your Lord and Savior and you believe in your heart that God raised him for the dead, the Bible says in Romans 10, you will be saved. And when you come into that salvation relationship, don't sit in the midst of this just the day. Sit in the eternity of who God has called you to be and bring hope to the hopeless. Be a light in the midst of darkness. I don't care what you're going through. We're all going through stuff. 
be a light in the midst of that darkness. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time this morning. Lord, for these men and women. God, for this book, this, this practical, powerful book of James that just speaks so well and clear to us that our lives are but a mist. God, I pray that the men and women of this church will live a hundred years. They live in the fullness of what you've called them to. Pray protection over them. But Lord, not my will be done, but yours. God, I trust you being the creator of heaven and earth. Not me. God, forgive me for control. Forgive me for trying to control everything. God, I set it at your feet. 